Hey, this is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to a home recorded edition of In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And I'm recording from home, like I said, on my phone uh, <laughs> with a lot of craziness today somehow. This is my third attempt at starting the recording. Uh, the first time I was a couple minutes in and got a phone call. The second time I was a couple minutes in and my dogs were going crazy fighting and wrestling and playing. So this is attempt number three <laughs> to record this at home. And I know even on top of that, the audio quality isn't great, but that's kind of where we are right now. And uh, what I want to share in this episode is something that has really been on my heart for uh, the past couple weeks especially, and that's really because um, things are kind of, you know, in most states in the U.S. are in some version of reopening, re-entry. Michigan, my state, is unless our stay-at-home order is extended, it looks like we're going to be uh, heading toward reopening and re-entry about probably a week and a half, two weeks from when I'm recording this, and you know a, a week or week and a half something I don't know from from the time it's actually going to be uploaded. Um, and I understand that. You know, there's people that don't live in the United States that are listening to this, and you might be somewhere else on the spectrum of reopening and reentry and shutdown and all that stuff. But as I've been thinking through what it looks like for um, me and for Annalise to start getting back to uh, being at work and all those different kinds of things, we've been working from home for. I don't even know at this point, but it's been a long time. And to think about re-entry, I've really spent a lot of time doing research on, okay, what are the best ways to protect ourselves? But, and I'm not saying this to, you know, virtue signal or anything like that, but really what's the best way to protect other people? Because Annalise and I are both... Um, you know, mid thirties and I have the one complicating factor that, uh, my BMI, I am obese, you know, but I still don't think that if Annalise or I were to, uh, test positive to, to live with COVID-19, I don't think the likelihood is that it's going to be a really serious, potentially life-threatening case or situation for us individually. It could, but the odds are pretty low. So that's why I'm saying what we're doing is we're looking at it from the perspective of we don't want to be the bridge. We don't want to be the person who spreads the virus to somebody else. And so our approach this whole time has been, we're going to take steps, we're going to act like right now, today, we're infectious because we don't know. And people who uh, are asymptomatic 
people who never even realize that they're sick can be spreading this virus. And so even though we've been doing a good job, we've been locking down, we've been staying home, we've been disinfecting everything when we come back from the grocery store, you know, hyper limiting interactions with people, we still are operating like, hey, if I were to have the virus, what would be the steps I need to take to make sure I'm not spreading it to anybody else? Because I certainly don't want to be the bridge to allow this virus to get to another person. And not to um, not to try to fit this into something, because this really isn't me saying this after the fact. Really, the reason, the motivation that's guiding this for Annalise and I is what Jesus says, you know, and an idea repeated throughout Scripture. All right, hang on, you hear? I'm not, I'm not giving up recording number three just because of these crazy dogs. So I'm going to try to calm them down here a sec. Um, but really kind of our motivation for this is thinking through all the times in Scripture that we're reminded, we're told, we're taught, hey, you're not just looking out for you. What you need to do is spend life you know, Philippians 2 says, um, you know, not just looking out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. In the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 7, verse 12, Jesus says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And you know, I, I really do think that an approach that says, okay, even if I'm not, you know, ultimately worried that this is likely to be a major, major, major thing if I were to get it, which it could be, but it's not that likely. I want to treat others the way that I would want to be treated if I was in a more vulnerable age category, if I was in a more vulnerable, um, what is it, comorbidity or pre-existing condition situation, and we want to do everything we can to help prevent the spread and definitely to make sure that we're not part of spreading this virus. And so I've done a ton of research on what are, you know, as we're in reentry phase or coming up on reentry phase, as we're going to be out and about around people more than we have been, still not a ton, but more than we have been, what are some steps that we can take? And I understand we're all getting mixed messages around the spread, around how to prevent the spread, around you know, even the number of cases that exist, you know, all kinds of things. It's so hard to find good information. But I've been doing a lot of research on not all that stuff, not all the aspects, but just this one aspect of how to prevent the spread. And the single best step 
that each of us can take to help slow the spread of coronavirus is to wear masks when we're around people that we don't live with. Uh, This is because the virus is spread through droplets that come from sneezing, coughing, talking, and breathing. And I'm going to put, like I say, I've been doing a ton of research on this. And actually the idea behind this episode is that I've been working on an email that I'm going to send to uh, our staff at Winning at Home about how to prevent the spread. Because much of our ministry uh, is counselors who are meeting with people one-on-one, and that's been happening you know, almost exclusively via phone or Zoom or something like that. But as we look toward um, you know, getting back and seeing people in person, they actually started seeing clients in person uh, this past Monday because in Michigan, I think in the whole United States, counseling is an essential service. And so for a while we were doing, you know, if you really need a client to see to see them in person, you know, you can go into the office while everything's shut down. But this past week, uh, we officially opened up. Now, several of our counselors are still working from home, still doing that kind of thing. I personally am still working from home because I can work from home and my my role, what I do, is not counseling. So it's not, you know, it doesn't fall under the category of an essential service. So, okay, <laughs> kind of off track and my mind's a little bit in a bunch of different places right now. Um, one, I don't hope you can't hear it. I've closed my dogs out of the room here, but they're barking like crazy downstairs. And I'm hoping you can't hear that, but I'm just going to keep rolling and see how it turns out. Um, so I've been doing this research and I'm sending this email to our winning at home staff and I'll include, um, you know, I'll take out a couple of the sections of the email about how this impacts counseling, da da da. But I'm going to put most of my research into the show notes here with um, a bunch of links. I don't know if, if hyperlinks will show up in the, like, the iTunes notes. I don't know if hyperlinks are going to work like that, but I'm going to have it in there. Hopefully the hyperlinks stay live. If not, you can copy and paste the links uh, into your browser and and check on this research. You can verify that you know this stuff is what I'm talking about and it's coming from the sources that I'm saying it's coming from and all that. Um, but I want to kind of first address a couple things because I know that I've heard a lot of Um, reluctance around the mask idea because people, um, you know, first the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control in America initially didn't recommend mask use for the general public. And currently, um, I'm recording this on, let's see, May 20. And as of now, the World Health Organization still 
only recommends masks for people who are caring for sick people. Um, now, the CDC initially said don't we don't need the general public wearing them, but they've changed their stance now. They recommend mask use while in public. And the World Health Organization um, had uh, one of their coronavirus response team members, Margaret Harris, she told NPR that their reluctance to urge mask wearing is based on the concern about the shortage of masks for medical workers. And they also are concerned that masks will give a false sense of security to people wearing them. So they'll take fewer of these other preventative steps like hand washing and social distancing and limiting interaction as much as possible. And so uh, you might have heard that you know, hey, these health organizations, the World Health Organization still doesn't recommend masks. The CDC has flip-flopped on it. And so how how clear can it really be that this is an effective way to do this? And it's important, and I love that we have this quote right from someone on the coronavirus response team uh, with the World Health Organization that's talking about, well, we don't want there to be a shortage of masks for medical workers. They're concerned about hoarding, which sadly is a justifiable concern and a, and a you know, legitimate potential or likely outcome. And so, um, so that's one of the things that kind of knee-jerk reaction that I'm expecting might be popping up in your head. Another um, is you, you may have also heard that cloth masks aren't effective at preventing coronavirus infection. Uh, that was the info. I'm just reading what I wrote here because I want to get it exactly the way I want to communicate it. That was the info the health organizations got out to us early on. But now it's clear that the person wearing the mask isn't the one who's protected by the mask. It's offering protection to other people by significantly limiting the droplets. What I talked about earlier from, oh, I, never mind. Uh, by limiting the droplets that any infected person would emit through sneezing, coughing, talking, or breathing. Wearing a mask doesn't protect us. It protects everybody around us. Without mask use, asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic people can spread the virus unknowingly. And like I said, um, really my thought process on this is guided by what Jesus says. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And I want to highlight that right after reading that masks aren't to protect the person wearing them. Masks are to protect the people around the person wearing them. Um, I'm going to have several links throughout these notes. And I'm not going to, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much I'm going to get into kind of reading through some of these um, links and some of the highlights that I've gathered of all my research on 
masks and all my research on the importance of this and how this helps and what this does. Um, but it's to give you a fuller idea and to paint a better picture of exactly what masks are for, what the intention, what the mindset behind this is. And it's to prevent me, the person wearing the mask, you, the person wearing the mask, um, whether we realize that we are sick or not, to uh, prevent us from getting our the droplets through breathing, sneezing, coughing, talking. Uh, and there's a, a YouTube video link further down here in the notes where... They did a little, I think it's called like a laser light. So it's an all black, dark room. And uh, the person talks. They say something. I forget what they say now. Um, but they say something. And they have lasers. I don't know what exactly it is. But it's when you watch it, you'll see it makes sense. It's legitimate. But uh, they have these this laser light that hits all the specks of these little um, droplets that are coming out of this person's mouth just as they're talking. And they have it at speaking at a higher volume, speaking at a softer volume, and then they have it speaking at either of those volumes with a mask. And you see there is an immense amount of difference between those two things. And so the reason that these, um, you know, health experts and the reason that because I looked at all of their stuff that I'm really advocating wearing masks when in public, when with people that we don't immediately live with is because these um, droplets, the spread of this virus that's unseen we don't see things shooting out of our mouth we don't feel things shooting out of our mouth we don't even realize that this is happening and that's what's so insidious about this is first of all we don't we're not aware of the droplets that are even coming out of our mouths but second we could be infected and not even realize it I don't know how many of you were following along. Um, I've talked before and I'll talk again, I'm sure. I'm a huge NBA fan. And so the NBA suspended their season. Um, I was calling it shut down their season, but they're trying to figure out what it might look like to keep it going, um, how they can do that safely. But something that happened pretty early on in the process is because an NBA player tested positive, many other NBA teams started doing the tests and started seeing, okay, where are we on this whole thing? And several NBA players tested positive, and many of them came out and said, I feel fine. I don't feel sick in any way. I never would have expected to test positive. And that, I thought, was a really effective way uh, especially as I talk to the people in my life around me, I say, hey, you saw that Kevin Durant, who is a huge name in the NBA, he said, I 
found out I was tested positive. I guess I'm sick. I didn't know it. And we all understand that that could be us. We could be uh, contagious, infectious for this virus without even realizing that we ourselves are sick. And that's why masks, when we're out and about, is so important not to keep us from getting the germs from the people around us, but to keep us from spreading. Um, I said germs, I should say virus, but to keep us from spreading this virus to other people because it limits the amount of spray. And I know it's kind of weird and gross to be thinking about, you know, that's coming out of my mouth just from breathing and coming out of my nose from breathing, uh, coming out of my mouth from talking and obviously coughing and sneezing. We know that. But from just talking and breathing, that doesn't seem, you know, seems gross. And it seems weird. And it's hard to wrap our heads around. Um, But I'm including a bunch of information here in the notes, like I said. And you can hear from uh, some of the experts, maybe some of you are familiar with the name um, Atul Gawande. He's a, a doctor in Boston. He's an author. I think he does some stuff on TV too. Um, and he writes about, hey, here are some things that we've learned from figuring out, you know, because he's like, I work in the hospital system. We didn't have a chance to shut down. And so as America thinks through the plan for re-entry, reopening a bunch of stuff, we can look at this one industry that never did shut down and see what we've learned along the way, what we've learned about prevention. And he says in that article that um, a recent extensive review of the research from an international consortium of scientists suggests that if at least 60% of the population wore masks that were just 60% effective in blocking viral transmission, which a well-fitting two-layer cotton mask is, that's his words, the epidemic could be stopped. The more effective the mask, the bigger the impact. And then he says later, Uh, Cloth and surgical masks do not fit tightly. You can breathe air coming in around the sides. He's comparing this to the N95 um, highest grade medical mask. He says they're designed to safeguard others, not the wearer. The basic logic is I protect you, you protect me. So he's saying I protect you by wearing my mask You protect me by wearing your mask. And if we can convince other people of this, that's great. I know that we've seen a lot of reluctance around the idea of everyone wearing masks. And my goal is really to distill down a lot of this information that uh, is really, it's really compelling. It's really convincing. And as I look through this stuff, I just see over and over and over again the importance of me, someone who's 
concerned primarily about being a bridge to get this virus from one person to another person. I don't want to be that bridge. And so I want to do everything I can to prevent the spread of this virus going through me. And so I love that line. The basic logic is I protect you. You protect me. And you know, it's, um, I don't know, it's weird or upsetting or sad to think about the only part of that that I can control is the I protect you part. And so I'm going to be really fastidious. I'm going to be really intentional. I'm going to be really particular about doing all that I can to protect the people around me. And again, this is motivated by the teaching that we see all throughout scripture that we look out for, we care for, we do unto others what we want them, what we wish that they would do for us. And I'm going to, you know, I'm kind of scanning through some of these notes that I have um, that are going to all be in the show notes. And, you know, I think, I think that I'm more or less um, hit what I want to talk about here. And I'm going to leave you the info in the show notes. If you want to dig deeper into this, um, I'm going to have down in there, uh, let's see, there's going to be links to three or four different articles or sites, um, a link to a podcast that the Johns Hopkins School of Public Health is doing specifically about, um, you'll hear that they always call it the novel coronavirus that's COVID-19, coronavirus, you know, the things that the way that we're talking about it and kind of everyday language, but they're medical academic people. So they're really careful in their language, but it's a great resource to check out kind of updated info as we move along. They are really factual, even handed. Um, It's a good place to go for a perspective that, you know, you can trust and rely on. And uh, what I have in there is, like I say, a bunch of these links and then, (coughs) excuse me, and then um, under the links are in a few of these cases, some of the highlights from these articles that really um, jumped out at me that really drive this point home. And I, I hope if you're not convinced by hearing what I'm saying about the importance of masks, that maybe you can dive into some of the resources here uh, in the show notes, and that can be something helpful for you. Uh, It can point you in uh, a direction to do some more research, you know, because I fully agree that I'm not a medical expert. What I have done is I've spent a ton of time doing research a ton of time digging into, okay, I know I'm not the expert, but what are the experts saying? And what are some of the things as we think through re-entry that we can do to be faithful to our calling as followers of Jesus to love other people well? We've been trying to figure this out over the past couple months, and it's 
been a weird thing to be told how you love people well right now is stay far away from them. (laughs) That's been a jarring thing. But now we're all moving toward, okay, I can still stay distant from a good chunk of people, but I'm going to be around some. How do I do this well? Um, And what I'm seeing the experts consistently say is if I wear a mask, I can not 100% knock out, not 100% take away the risk, but significantly reduce the risk that I'm the bridge who spreads this virus from someone, whoever, whoever infected me or however I got infected, to someone else that gets infected uh, as a result of me not doing the, the most that I can do. Now, I understand wearing masks are, you know, it's uncomfortable and it's inconvenient and it's weird. Um, the first time I went out <laughs> wearing a mask, there was I was at the grocery store and there was a guy that was uh, kind of coming through the aisle. We were both over by the milk and looking at getting something there. And I didn't notice I was doing this till after I had done it. But I waved him forward like I would if I was driving in a car. And then after I did it, I kind of laughed. I'm like, oh, sorry, dude. I don't know why I'm acting like I can't talk through this mask. But it's just a weird thing. It's something that we're all getting used to. Um, I have a little bit too long of facial hair right now. And it gets really itchy and uncomfortable with the mask. Um you know, you feel like you're kind of breathing like you're under the covers in your bed or something like that, where it like kind of feels humid and it's annoying and all that. I get it. I get it. I'm not saying I love wearing masks. I prefer wearing masks. What I'm saying is when we look at what people who know what they're talking about consistently say, it's the biggest single step the hugest thing that we can do to protect the people around us is to wear masks. And I want to encourage you to really consider um, and take to heart Jesus' teaching. Do unto others what you'd have them do to you. And that's why I'm wearing a mask. And that's why I want to encourage you to strongly, seriously, do after doing the research, consider doing this. Um, because I know just like Annalise and I don't want to be the bridge, we don't want someone else to get sick um, because of an action we did or didn't take. Um, I know you're in the same boat and I want to encourage you. Let's love other people well And when we're out and about, when we're in public, when we're around others, let's do that by wearing our mask.